This is Wandering Wanders, two ordinary guys wondering about extraordinary things. Start. <laughs> Don't make weird noises. Chalk it up as a loss. Right. We'll see you next week. You know. God bless. God <laughs> bless. I... <laughs> Don't. Don't make the Don't. weird noises. Oh, gosh. Golly uh, gee. We're back. And we're back. <laughs> Here we are. Wondering Wonders. I'm Eli. And I'm Joseph. And, and yeah, uh, we've, the sun is shining. The snow is melting. It so was sixty. It's degrees dark outside. out right now. The sun is not shining. The sun was shining yeah, today. You big know, difference. Don't, don't take this from me. Golly, are we lying to the pe- good people of God about what time of day it is? You know. <laughs> dang it! <laughs> now that you say it like that. Yeah, yeah. Fair. You better check yourself. <sighs> Luckily, we live in a building with a bunch of priests, so you can go to confession after this. That's fair. That's fair. Lying to the masses. Millions of people are going to hear that lie. It, more than one person. <laughs> just <laughs> Not millions, I'll tell you that. Well, I'll tell you that. Yep, you never know. This um, could be the episode that makes us famous. Real famous. I'm doubtful, but... Hope, hope springs eternal, Eli. As hope springs eternal. Oh um, gosh! Uh, yes. Wow. Good. So good. I wanted to start off with a question. Good. That's how we usually <laughs> Very do. Very original. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what did you want to be when you were a kid? What did you want to be when you grew up? When yeah. I was young and not growing yes, up. Yes, when you were. Um, I wanted to be a lot of things. Like you would probably expect from knowing me, it changed every couple of weeks. Um, uh, but when, one thing that was consistent was I wanted to be in the military. I was like certain that I was going to end Particular up. Particular branch? Uh, no, uh, lots of different things. First, I wanted to be a Marine Corps sniper. Classic. Uh-huh. Shooting two miles, like nothing, you know, whatever. It's incredible. But then I was like, ooh, I don't know if I could kill somebody. So then I wanted to be a Hitron sniper, which is the Coast Guard helicopter interdicting tactics and something. I forget. (laughs) Yeah. But so pretty much they shoot the engines on boats with 50 caliber sniper rifles from helicopters. It's wow. pretty cool. So you usually don't have to shoot people is a nice thing unless they Just start shooting at you. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I was like, eh, I'm afraid of commitment. <laughs> I don't want to have to do something for more than two years because that sounds constricting. <laughs> and uh, so then I wanted to be, I wanted to be a chef for a little while actually. And then I wanted to be a hunting guide. That was kind of the last thing before I went to college. Uh, I became an x-ray tech so that I could move to Montana and make money in the off-season of elk hunting. Never been elk hunting in my life. Does Montana have an inordinate amount of x-ray needs? No, but they have elk hunting. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I like it. All right. All right. Well, what, what did you want to do? Uh... Like every child, that changed, you know, so it's yep. similar. Um, there was an astronaut period. Really? Yes. Oh, that terrified me my whole life. Um, definitely a doctor period. 
And then it was I like there was a there was a long then it was like kinds of doctors. And then I was like, I don't want to be a doctor. I want to be a PA because doctors take forever. Yeah, the classic. <laughs> when you realize you'll have to be in school as long as you're old at that yes. time. <laughs> nope, yes. I'm out. Um, yeah, at least with that, it was like, I don't know. I felt like being in the healthcare industry was like, it was just a super tangible way to help people. Yeah, And I wanted to help people and so I was like well this is an easy way to have a really fulfilled life so wow. why not um yeah so I'd say those were those were kind well, of the big so ones so much but... deeper than my reason for becoming an x-ray tech and actually working in the healthcare field I want to go shoot elk and I need money that's well I mean me. the, the money was a nice perk to you oh, I, will, I won't I won't pretend to say that that yep. wasn't a factor yep. but... Ugh, man what a lame way to make a decision now looking back now I've signed my life away to make very little money. Basically no money. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, and all the better for it. So. Yep. Very happy about it. Not at all disappointed. Yes. Uh, yeah. So let's get on getting on. We'll pray. <laughs> Good. And, I like uh, that. Yeah. So in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. St. Joseph, my patron saint and the patron saint of workers. We entrust this podcast to you. May our discussion be fruitful. Um, We pray for all those who labor, um, labor for their families, labor for their livelihood. Um, Bless us and keep us. Amen. Amen. That was straight off the old dome piece right there. So good old dome piece prayer. A little rough. That that was nice. It was just as good as all mine. Um, So if you couldn't have. Guest, we're talking about Saint Joseph. Yeah, we're talking. Uh, about okay, okay. <laughs> it's the year of Saint Joseph. It is the year of Saint Joseph. Um, we're talking about work. We're talking about work. Yes. So, a friend of mine, now focused missionary, now team director. Oh, nice. I guess this is her third year of focus. Wow. Fourth year. I don't know. Um, sent me a an, an article on work, which kind of spurred this podcast and thoughts and everything um so yes work everyone does it (laughs) everyone kind of has to do it i guess for the most part (laughs) everyone works in genesis right we're like consigned to toil Hmm. that's what adam is given but even before that we adam was supposed to till and protect yes so even even in the perfection of the garden we were given work to do Mm -hmm. um yeah so i guess i just have i have a lot of questions but i guess my first thought is or my first question is goodness it's already starting to go downhill (laughs) (laughs) let it begin (laughs) when i say work Mm -hmm. what sort of yeah what sort of disposition do you have to the word work or the idea yeah. of work. That's what it's like. Yeah. <laughs> grunting. It's more of a throw up sound. <laughs> I was going to say, my dad always said if you grunted, you would get more uh, power. That's definitely true. So. That's definitely true. Um, but, okay, disposition. Immediately, when you say work, I'm like, ooh, don't want to do that for sure. <laughs> Whatever's coming next, probably don't want to do that for sure. Um but at the same time, the first thing that comes to my mind is like farm labor, physical labor. And I'm like, wait, but actually, you know, I like that now. 
So, Physical labor? Th- yeah, labor? yeah, definitely. So, but like, still, my first reaction uh, to the idea of work is like, don't want to do that. But then the idea of work that first comes tangibly is farm work, physical labor. I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I can do that. I can definitely do that. Um, I actually enjoy that a lot when I go home. No, I don't have, have to do it every day. you always felt like that? No. I did not enjoy farm work until I left the farm, which is regrettable. I did enjoy some Sounds things like about a it. classic. Uh, uh, growing no. up story. Why, why is that a thing? Why can I have loved it as much as I do now back then? Because I had to do it every single day. And I was an x-ray tech right after farm work, and I went from being outside all day every day to eight and a half hours in a dark basement every day. <laughs> and so uh, I learned that there were some great things about farming. Um, but yeah, so I'd say my, my instant reactions, I don't want to do that. But then when I actually think about what work I could be doing, I think, oh, actually, you know, that's extremely satisfying. So do you think work is limited to physical labor then? No, unfortunately, it should be. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, no, I mean, when I think work, usually I'm thinking job. Like, you know, you have a job, you go make money, you go home. You stop jobbing and you you hang out. You know? um, so you work to go home? Is that the kind of relationship there? Unfortunately, yes, that's definitely my mentality. Because <laughs> <laughs> like even with right now, you know, work, if I have to do work, it's homework. Which, you know, I actually enjoy a lot of the stuff it's we're kind studying. Of a strange word. Homework? Yeah. Huh. Anyways, go ahead. I always I have, worked I've at never home. thought about that. But I've yeah. always worked at home. Um, but, uh, yeah, when I'm here, it's homework. And even if I like school, the idea of doing homework is terrible to me. I have never been an academic, despite what you guys may think from my astute <laughs> academic uh, persona. Your, your, your pedigree? My pedigree. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> but... <laughs> But anyway, so I, uh, I've i never been academic. The idea of homework is terrible. I'm slightly dyslexic, so reading is exhausting. And pretty much all we do here is read and write. I don't mind writing if it's something good. But, um, yeah, that's work. You know, that's real work to have to sit down and read philosophy and theology. That's what I do now for work. I'm a student, therefore my work is homework. And I also make pizzas on the side. <laughs> <laughs> For fun. <laughs> well, no, I get paid. Yeah. Although okay, it is fun. So, hmm. It sounds like there's a direct relationship between work and compensation, then. Do you think that's. Like getting paid, you mean? Yeah. Do you think that's true? Oh, man. See, this is a classic. Wondering wanderers slash Catholic situation where yes and no absolutely like I'm I'm answering out of my reactions but if I really stop and think about it I don't necessarily agree with my no, reactions. Stop and think about it. Then. Okay, well, let's wander a bit, folks. So um, my reaction is yes. If you're gonna do work, there's got to be some sort of compensation. But when I really stop and think about it. It seems like there definitely should be work that you don't do for compensation. For example, to like when you're a kid and you build something 
like a terrible birdhouse for your dad or something for that Father's Day. very you specific. Know? <laughs> <laughs> it's core wound. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> dad, I just wanted you to love the birdhouse. <laughs> oh, gosh, no. I never named my dad a birdhouse. Um, he would have loved it if I did. But, um, no, like but, like, you know, if you were... There. <laughs> no. Now he's going to expect a birdhouse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not making you a birdhouse. But... Um, no, but like, you know, if you were to do that, I don't think in a sense you expect compensation, you're doing it as a gift, but it's work, you know, it takes time, you get a whole bunch of splinters, you gotta, you gotta like try hard and do it hopefully. And, but you're doing it very much out of gift and because the birdhouse to you is worth it. Not because, well, need to make some money and have family. And it's like that old saying there. If you love what you do, never work a day in your life. For example. Do you think that's true? No. But, <laughs> okay, let's go down that road. So, no. I heard that all the time growing up. So my dad, my dad, is he sells and refurbishes and repairs restaurant equipment, mm-hmm. and he loves it. Really? Like, ever since I was a kid, my dad's been, like, the fix every like you could just kind of say dad here's a problem and he would be like yeah i know how to i was an electrician back when i was 16 or (laughs) oh i worked as a mechanic back when you know and so he could just fix anything and uh when he talked about his job he would always say well it's a hobby i get paid to do wow and i see the work he does and i'm like uh there's there's no way that's a hobby. <laughs> there's <laughs> like, there's no way you can do that and not call it work and hard work and kind of sucky work. <laughs> <laughs> see, but that's um, kind of work I've come to love at home. But you no, know, see, I think there is a truth to it in a sense of like, if you love what you do, it never feels like you're doing work. But I think that there, there still is work. If we're really figuring out, okay, what is work? It's to put effort labor time into something it's not about what you get out of it but i work i think intrinsically is about what you pour into it now there's some things that you feel that if you don't like your job yeah and you wake up every day and you have to go to work you feel the work you feel yourself pouring your life out but if it's something you love it it just happens. It's a part of who you are. You you are pouring your life out. So, you know, like, why not do it in something I love? And it's yeah. it's fulfilling and satisfying. So, I think there's there's a sense where that's right in the feeling of it, but in the reality of it, like, if you love what you do, you still have to work for it. And I think any good craftsman who loves what they do would be offended if you said that their their craft wasn't any work. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah, you know, like absolutely. I just put so much time and effort into carving this sweet chair. I was trying to think of something cooler, and all I could think of was chair. <laughs> into it's making a this sweet <laughs> chair. <laughs> I just put so much time and effort into making this awesome trident. Uh, how could you say this is not work? <laughs> yes. Um, okay, so it sounds like work then sort of transcends compensation. It's not. Compensation's part of it, but not necessarily. So, like, it's important to get paid for work, but we do work for things 
and not necessarily get paid for them. So I think a good example of that is exercise. Like we even call it mm. working out, right? Oh, yeah. Um, so it's something that we put a lot of effort and time into, but the compensation isn't. The compensation is really for ourselves, like our health, I yeah. guess. Um, so I, I guess there, in a sense, you get sort of a, a benefit or you're working for a benefit. So you put time and effort in and the output is like an, a benefit. Hmm. That seems to be fair, I guess. Do you agree? No. No, I do. I, I do. I, I, yeah, well, I'm just thinking about like if someone has like a, a trade that is an art to them and they happen to get paid for it. But, you know, like they've spent their whole life getting really good at what they do. What is it that motivates them to work? What is it that motivates them to work? Yeah. Well, wouldn't we call it a work of art? Usually, yeah. But what mo- so what motivates a work of art then? think it's the opportunity to to be a co-creator really like Mm -hmm. i i I think working is kind of innate in us in the sense that i mean being made in the image and likeness of god we and god being a creator and us in his image being sub-creators essentially that like i think we almost have to create things that we almost have to like work um yeah. That's so, kind of a half thought out thought. Yeah, but, but so does that mean that all work should be that participation in the creation of God? That's like art? Should all work be art? Should it be? Yeah. Not is or it. Or is it? Not is it. That we, I think we can easily say, without a doubt, not all work is art. Because trust me, when I make pizzas, it's art. But I've seen some people make pizzas, and it ain't art. It is not. It's just work. It's true. Um, I don't know. I, I, really, I really don't know. That article that Megan sent me talked about it a little bit um, as kind of like an, an, an ideal, but I don't know if... I don't know if I agree yeah, with that or not. So. I don't know. That's just... Because, you know, kind of what I'm... No, what I'm thinking is like, you know, if I'm a craftsman who, you know, especially to me, I've romanticized the past. We've talked about this before on the show. Like both of us really romanticized the past. But thinking back in like olden times, you're a craftsman. You're like some sort of like stonemason or something. Like, yes, you're getting things done, but you're doing the work because the work is worth it. Like you're doing your best at the job, partially to, you know, like for your own, I don't know if I want to say glory, but like, yes, I'm really good at this. There's something very satisfying good in that, but also just like it is, it is worth doing really well. Like the work is the end kind of in that situation and you happen to get paid for it. Yeah, but see, I think there's a difference between a laborer and a craftsman, right? Yeah. So, like, a laborer is is basically just, like, at least when we're talking about kind of the past, kind of muscle, you know? Yeah. 
And then a craftsman would be someone who actually is pursuing an art. But they're both doing work. They're doing different, I, I would, I guess, say degrees of work, maybe, or participating differently. I don't, I don't know. I really don't. So I don't know yet, because like I think about farming, yeah. and so I wrote my whole thesis for philosophy on the family farm, and its death, pretty much in the modern era, how it's being taken over by these factory farms, and there's still family farms that exist, and they're super good, and I love it, and I can talk all day every day biased. about it. A little biased. But. I'm not biased. <laughs> I'm very biased. But um, but anyway, so like seeing the change from the the family farm, the ideal. Okay, yeah, we're talking about ideals here. And the reality is the family farm in the ideal into this factory farm. Mm-hmm. At Wendell Berry, who's an awesome philosopher who talks a bunch about farming from – Southern Kentucky, somewhere, maybe Northern Kentucky. He's from Kentucky. Loves farming. Um, Poet, author, awesome. He talks about it being a change from cooperation with the earth to objectification with the earth and to just use Mm. the earth. So, like, this factory farming has become... We try to make ourselves rulers over creation and we just take from it without any care from it. We are its God. It does what we said. We put chemicals into it, do what we want, you know. But like the ideal is to be espoused to the earth. Even in the Bible, uh, I forget where it is. I think it might be Hosea. God says, he tells the Israelites, your land will be espoused. Mm-hmm. Um, so cool. But um, so like this, this unity with the work that you're doing as a farmer, like you are working in support of the work and the work is in support of you. But it's like this, like a marriage. It's, it's this give and take, this back and forth relationship. As a farmer, you know how you have to serve the earth and the earth knows how it serves you. And if you get that out of order, then it just becomes this, objective-fying, usurping relationship. So, you know, that's with farming. Yeah. So we should all just be farmers. uh, Yes. Okay. (laughs) Tonight I was like, I got to make sure I just don't say over and over again, we should all just go back to being farmers (laughs) because that's how I really feel. Um, But... uh, but yeah, you know, like with other work, is it the same way? Is it a, is it a cooperation with the work? Like, is there a kind of a a form, an identity of the work that you are working with, not something you're ruling, even to just be the muscle? Hmm. Very platonic. It sounds almost like there's a. Hmm. So farming to me, I. Is yeah. the best option for everybody. Well, well, I, think I guess. I guess what I'm thinking is like, there's almost like a layers of abstraction. This is truly becoming a wonder. Um, so there's like maybe degrees of separation is better. So farming, you're like, there's the farmer and there's his work. You're like, there's there's not really separation there. It's no, just definitely. Them, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And then the more industrialized something becomes, the more there are people 
that are separated from the actual thing that they're producing. Yes. Right. So I think a a good example of that is like a car assembly line. Yeah. Um, like there are people whose jobs are to put together a piece of something, a piece of the car. And then if you combine all those together, obviously you have a car at the end. But they're an individual's actual like contribution to that work is more abstract or more separated Definitely. from the actual thing that they're producing, right? Yeah. Um, it sounds like the ideal of work is somehow coordinated with the separation from I don't I don't know I'm I'm really these are half baked thoughts. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, right. so. Yeah, I think I don't know, the ideal of work. I think if we back it up to one of your kind of first questions was, so do you work just to not work? And this is a thing that gets co- it's talked a very about. Millennial question, yeah, for sure. But it gets talked about in philosophy. Joseph Pieper talked about it in uh, Leisure: The Basis of Culture, and just how like we have we right now have so much of a culture of of working for the weekend. You go do your job, so that you can go not do your job in your own time, in your free time. And there's a separation between work and life. Like you're not living when you're at work; you're working. And then you you have a life outside of work, and that's kind of your real life. Mm, mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I don't think that that's good, but I think that's the way most people are, you know, to, like, there's a sense of, like you said, I think kind of this separation from our work that it's like, I just got to get this done. There's very little pride taking your work. Father Dennis, the other day in our class, he was talking about Marxism, and he was talking about what led up to it and the Industrial Revolution in England and the terrible conditions it made because people no longer saw their work as their calling, as their vocation, as like part of who they are. Like you were saying the other day, it became your last name. Yeah. Like Cooper was someone who made buckets. Smith was a blacksmith. You're like, we have so many last names. Fletcher. Fletcher, yeah. Um, what's Schultz mean, you know? It was, it was a governing name. In oh. <laughs> it's, it's apparently the Smith of Germany, so. Oh, oh <laughs> so, never mind. So, yeah, <laughs> take that back. Oh, gosh, um, yeah. Yando, I forget. I've heard yeah. several things because it's changed several times over the years, but it's like, I think either something to do with like a grain mill or a sailor or something like that. Which are very different. Yeah, but, but I mean, your your identity was so s- closely associated with what you did, like what your entire life was built on. Because you never stopped being what you did for your job. Yeah. You know, like if you were a blacksmith, you were the blacksmith. Yeah. You weren't like, oh, he's at work right now. He's the guy who runs the, the smithy. No, no, no. He's the blacksmith. Yeah. Still, you know, farming to go back to it because I love it like you're a farmer 24 hours a day all day every day seven days a week I am going to be a priest for the rest of my life and I will never stop identifying myself as a farmer it's part of who I am and and I'm all right with that you know I love that but I think that so I think we've lost it and it's turned into just like this drudgery which the bible said it would um of just something we have to get done. 
I mean, I don't, I don't think that's a new feeling, you know, <laughs> like, um, yeah. I, I can't imagine there were people in our romantic view of the past that hated the, the job they inherited essentially or the vocation. They Impossible. Inherited. <laughs> um, now that yeah. said, oh, I don't think we've ever had in the history of ever the kind of mobility and ability to choose jobs the way, the way that we do. Yeah. And then the ability to support a family in a way that doesn't require constant attention. Yeah. Right. Like the farmer's life is always in the back of his mind is usually on the front of his mind. <laughs> yeah. But I mean like even at home, like his home is still part of the farm. Yeah. Right. Usually. And so like work doesn't just kind of go away. No. Because all of a sudden the cows are loose and you got to go chase them. Yeah. And uh, so like this distinction between work and home, there, there, there's a, dis- would you say there's a, dis- I, I haven't lived on a farm. Would you say there's a distinction back home between being at no. work and at home? No, there's a, there's a distinction between resting and working, but there's not a distinction. Like when I'm in the house, I am on the farm. And it's yeah. still like part of what they do. It's, yeah, no, it'd be weird to think of it like, oh, now I'm at home, now I'm at the farm, because literally they're, they're the same. There's, yeah. It's surrounded. Our house is surrounded by the farm, you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like you said, you know, if it's one in the morning, and the cows get loose, you're going out and you're chasing the cows. It's not like, ooh, not my shift. Sorry, you know. It's, it's just who you are, and we can't leave. My, I remember growing up. This is turning into talking about farming. <laughs> but I remember growing up, our vacation was going to a hotel in the same town that I grew up in. And we would spend the night, we would do chores, go to the hotel, go swimming in a pool, spend the night, and then wake up and go do chores again in the morning. And it wow. was it was yeah. off. That was our vacation. We loved it. We were like, woo, here we go. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, uh, as kids, you know, I think my parents were like, oh, gosh, why can't we actually leave? But, um, but yeah, there was definitely less separation. All right. I have another question, and I have no, I have no clue what your answer is going to be ah. for this. So I have been thinking about... So the Benedictines have this concept called aura et labora. Mm-hmm. Which, um, did you know that's not actually anywhere in the rule? Is it not? No. But it's it's like the it's, it's what the rule is about. It's in the But tradition. that's like a summary sure. of the rule, not yes. actually the rule. So prayer and work, mm-hmm. there's kind of this balance, this tension between living a life that's full of prayer and full of work and there being this like I don't know, wonderful marriage and yeah. the Benedictine life between the two of them. Um and I love words. So, why is it that aura or orare in Latin is found in labora, laborare, right? So, aura and labor. Labor contains the word aura. Labor should be prayer. Or should have prayer within it. What do you think the relationship between that is? I've never noticed that. That's cool. Whew, that's a big question. It is a big question. The relationship between prayer and work. Yes. I think 
that if your work is what you're called to do, you know, like we said, we've kind of gotten away from that. But you know, like, what do you mean by called? Like your vocation, part of your life. You know, we, there's levels of vocation. We call it vocare, to call. Getting a lot of Latin tonight. And uh, so, like, we are called, we all are called to holiness. We're called to heaven first. And then we're called to marriage, priesthood, religious life, or consecrated single life. And then we're called to other things under that, you know. And if we count your work as one of those callings, yep. something, like, ordained by God that you, you are... Should. Yeah, you should. <clears throat> it, it, but, like, that's something that you were made by God to do, called from your conception, pretty much, to, since before, from the beginning of time, from all time, <laughs> to um, to do, then to carry it out should be a prayer in and of itself. Whether or not you feel the prayer, you're thinking, like, I'm okay, I'm praying, will I do this, to to pour your life passionately into what you've been called to do should be a form of worship to God. It, like, it's affirming yeah. a goodness. It's just saying, like, yes, this is good. This is something worth doing for you, God. Okay, I'm going to do this out of love for you. I'm going to do this out of love for my family, if you're a family. If you're a Benedictine, like, I'm going to do this out of love for you and for the monastery you've put me in. And... uh so, yeah, that's that's uh, what I think. I think if you separate work from your call, I'm not necessarily sure how they go together, work and prayer. What are your thoughts? you have any thoughts? Uh, I think it's fascinating <laughs> that the word is that the word for work is rooted or has a root, or has a connection, I guess, to prayer. Um, That just blows my mind. Um, For two reasons. One, because I think, in a lot of ways, prayer is work. Yeah. Um, I think often it's kind of made out to be this, like, super easy, you know, you just do it, and you're good at it, and if you're (laughs) bad at it, well, you just you know, be good at it. (laughs) Well, then what the heck have I been doing wrong? Yeah, right. Um, But in a lot of ways, like, it's a a labor. Um, And so it's, that fascinates me that there's a connection between those two. On the other hand, kind of from from the Benedictine concept, I think better prayer comes from someone who has been working. Um, I think work contextualizes prayer. It actually, I think, feeds prayer. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, now that you say that, it makes me think of the fact that, like, we go to St. James, the letter of James, he says, prayer without works is dead. Yeah. Like, to work is to to live out, or he doesn't say prayer, he says faith, sorry. Faith without works is dead. But so, like, to live out your faith requires work, which is to pour yourself out in actions, to actually to bring about God in the physical world through your work. And I think going way back to the beginning into of the podcast and to Genesis, um, the beginning of time, but like God gave Adam a job 
right off the bat, in paradise. Paradise involved tilling and protecting. Yeah. You know, it wasn't just, oh, sit around all day and do nothing. It was it was purpose. You know, like uh, Dr. Lemna the other day in class, he said it after class, actually, in the awesome section uh, where people, every, some people get up and leave and everybody yeah, yeah. goes up and asks some questions. I went to college. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but he said, God cares deeply about every human person and giving them a purpose is part of that care. Yeah. And so, you know, like, okay, well then, that was part of God's care for Adam, was to not just let him sit in the garden and look, like those are, that's good, but to be a partaker, kind of like you said, in the labor of creation, to to build up the world. You know, we were, this blows my mind, I can't believe, again, I can't believe I just learned this this year in seminary, but we were not created perfectly complete. Yeah. We were created incomplete so that we would have to grow into the divine life. Yeah. You know? And like, so God gives us a part in that. He's like, here, well, I'm, I'm making the whole world into heaven. Want to help? <laughs> it's like a dad that's yeah. like, hey, I'm going to go build a cabin. Want to come? You're like, uh, yes. <laughs> um, and then when you're done, you have a sweet sleepover in the cabin. <laughs> That's heaven. <laughs> oh, man. Um, okay, so brass tacks then. Brass tacks. Brass tacks. Let's get down to it. Um, how do you take a mindset like that of work being worship, work being the ideal, I guess, of work being worship, of it being prayer, of it being really oriented in a cosmological, like, that your mm. your work has bearing on the universe, mm-hmm. <laughs> like the whole of creation. Yep, that your yep. work is actually doing something, um, which it is. Yeah. Uh, with the person whose income is dependent on Wendy's, you know, like mm. I'm I'm the fast food person at Fazoli's. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> how do you? <laughs> How do you how do you contextualize something like that with a job that seems to be in large part I mean kind of difficult to to find meaning in I think easy everybody should be farmers <laughs> but, what a cock out answer <laughs> no I'm just kidding I'm just kidding um but no I think there's a first of all I think you do have to look at actually I'm going to change what I'm going to say first of all. First of all, I think you do <laughs> have to really try to like discern your job. You know, like you're if you're going to work at Wendy's, if that's what you're like if you're like this is what I'm doing. This is my only option right now, but like I think this is what God is calling me to do to take care of myself and my family. Then okay, you're called to be there, but but why? There's got to be love there in some way, if that's a part of your vocation, which your vocation is how you love, then there has to be love there somewhere. You know, is it is it the people you're with? But that's not necessarily the work, but that's, you know, could be a part of the vocation, kind of in the fullness to love them. But, you know, Wendy's feeds the hungry. It does. You know, that's, that's one of the corporal works of mercy. It's not feed the poor hungry, it's feed the hungry. Like, yeah. man... 
Moms fulfill this corporal work of mercy all the time. They feed the hungry. And I don't think, I don't know if they see it as that, but like, this is what God has called you to do, to feed the hungry. You know, if you work at, um, like, you know, let's say maybe an insurance firm, like, okay, you know, clothe the naked. Someone's house burnt down. Your job is what allows them to, like, have enough money to have clothes and like, but like, yeah. you're, it's, you know, even if it's boring and it sucks and you don't see necessarily where it's going, going, if you can't find anything good that you feel like you are building up the kingdom of God in the world, you probably shouldn't be working there. I think that's fair. Yeah. Because like, what, what are you doing? You're just sustaining yourself. Well, that's not what we're made to do. Yeah. We're made to thrive. Yeah. You know? And, you know, maybe that doesn't seem like an option right now, but uh, I don't know. It comes down to a particular situation. But so I would say to me, how does that carry over this idea of worship and prayer? Like, you have to look for it. It's not just going to come out easy. And that's the thing that, like, okay, God gave Adam a job. We fell. God said you're going to have to toil by the sweat of your brow. And the part of the punishment was, and... You'll have to toil for your bread, but thorns will be your fruit. Like, the yeah. fruit won't be satisfying anymore. It's not going to be this obvious thing that's just mm-hmm. like, oh, man, this is so good. This is obviously why I do this. We have to work for, we have to work a lot harder for the fruit now. And um, so I think that that, you have to try to figure out what it is that you're doing. You know, like, do you just stock shelves at some random supply like Home Depot or something like. Can you find good in that? I bet you can. I don't know that you can, but I bet you can. And so, yeah. I think it's ultimately about perspective, right? So I think, I think you're totally, totally right. Um, That ultimately what come, what it comes down to is maybe the perspective needs to shift from, I'm not, you know, shelf stalker at Home Depot, but I'm, you know, the one that allows people to create, you know, or yeah. I'm not the one who, I'm not drive through window person at yeah. Sonic or whatever. Yeah. I'm the one who helps the family eat when otherwise they wouldn't be able to. Or, yeah, or just brings them some delight in the... Yeah, know, I mean, I, I think that allows you to be connected to something a lot larger than yourself and a company and a particular situation and really kind of put a put yeah. a perspective on it that's really like a vocation that's really yeah. a vocation yeah so and i think, I think it's important true. to see that like you know this doesn't mean if you're doing this right it doesn't mean you're just going to be like super happy every day and wake up and be like ooh I get to go work at the drive-thru at Sonic, you know? But, like, there should be a sense of, like, I'm doing some good. Yeah. I, I, and and there is, you know, like, we toil. We have to toil for our bread. That's the way it is. So, like, there also is very much a sense of, like, I need to provide for my family. So this might suck right now, but I can't just, you know, like, drop But it drop is a everything. vocation to, yeah, feed my family. Ma- yeah, you know, maybe like... that's the good of your job. You know, 
Yeah. Maybe that's it. Yeah. And yeah, okay, you should probably be looking for something better if you can't find any other good in it. But uh, that doesn't mean it doesn't have dignity. Your work needs to have some sort of dignity. Something yeah. at the end of the day you can be like, yes, this is what I do. I would make my last name this. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But it, that doesn't mean it's not going to be crappy and you know really hard all the time. We toil. We continue the toil. It takes a whole lot of grace to do it well. Closing questions for our listeners? For our listeners. Hello, dear listener. What is good about your work? Not your job, but your work. What is you know, like stay-at-home moms? That's a whole lot of work. Yep. You know, what are the good things? How are you building up the kingdom of God in what you do? Whether you're, you know... CEO of some company or you're a drive through worker at Fazoli's. No. What is the good you do? Does your work have dignity and do you see it? And how can you show that to your coworkers? Yeah. Hmm. What if you work alone? <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> That's all, folks. All righty. Well, uh, have a good night, and may all of your wanders be blessed. God bless.